Welcome to Walk the Talk with Israel Ronald, a weekly podcast that shatters the two biggest lies. One, that you are supposed to have it all together and that everyone's life is perfect but yours. Well, thank you so much for giving us your ears, your attention, and allowing to be here. You guys make us want to do what we do. Thank you for the support, the subscriptions, listening in, the feedback. May God richly bless you. I'm so excited you guys have chosen to be here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading our podcasts. Thank you for sharing our links, telling friends, subscribing. You guys make us want to do what we Today, uh, I want to talk about uh, God's unconditional love. The world we live in, the fallen world you and I live in, defines love in very many ways. To some, it's just a feeling, a character, or a desire. You too, maybe you have your own definition of love. So, in the world we live in, there are conditions that must be met if you are to be received in the hearts of men. You have to achieve a certain level of success, should have attained some academic qualifications. The list goes on and on. What I'm trying to say is you earn people's love. There are conditions that must be met first if someone is going to continue loving on you or receive you in their hearts in the first place. According to the world, you don't just get in, you earn it. I'm pretty sure you've heard statements like, you don't deserve my love. And the implication of that is, you don't meet the requirements, the standards set up by the particular individual. But on the contrary, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So, God's love is unconditional in that there is nothing we could ever do to deserve it. Yes, you heard me right. There is nothing you could ever do to deserve the love of God. Paul asks his audience a very interesting question that I want us to share today. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, and uh, 37 to 39, Paul asks, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? He mentions a number of things the world bases on as yardsticks to either merit or unmerit their love. But he then quickly answers himself, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a beautiful assurance. So family, before we go any further, let me emphasize this. The love of God is very unconditional, meaning you and I don't deserve it and there is absolutely nothing we could ever do to merit his unconditional love. No matter how good or bad we are, God's love still stands. You see, at just the right time when we're still powerless in our sin, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to clean up ourselves. He came while we're still sinners and had us redeemed back to God. So, you don't need to first clean yourself up. Come to God the way you are because it's God who cleanses. It's God who purifies. So you don't wait. You don't need to wait until you're all cleaned up because you'll never be clean up on yourself. Come to God. In Isaiah, he says, come now and let us reason together. Even though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Even though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. It surprises me that the very people Jesus came to redeem betrayed him. 
They exchanged him for material things. They beat him, him up and had him killed for being what he was. And yet as this went on, we read in Luke chapter 23 verse 24, Jesus' response to all that they did to him. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Did you get that? Did they ask for his forgiveness? No. Did they deserve to be forgiven? A thousand times not. And yet his loving nature led him to a place where he asked the Father not to hold it against them. If we could pick a leaf from Jesus, he didn't wait for those that did him wrong to come begging for his forgiveness like we wait for those that wronged us to come begging for ours. No. He forgave them even when none of them asked for it. It's very rare for someone to die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might probably dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I hope you get the gravity of this. Paul is giving us a very clear example. It's difficult to find a person dying for another, even when they are righteous. It's very rare, and yet someone can try dying for a good man. How then does a good man give his life in exchange for a bad man's life? Even in Hollywood movies, scenes like these are very rare. And yet this is exactly what Jesus did. Friends, I remember when, when I was still a new Christian. When I was still new to this Christian faith, I did all I could to deserve the love of God. I thought that if I behaved right, said grace before food, prayed three times a day, went to church and read my Bible, God will love me more. Isn't it good to learn that no matter what comes or goes, his love is not going to change? Maybe you've been deceived like I was back then, thinking God won't accept you because, because you, you, you're messed up. But look, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, God tells us that come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. There's no opportune time. The opportune time is now. There's no time set up for you to repent. The time is now. And the cleansing now. God is willing to cleanse you right now, to purify you right now. And you don't need to, to first wash yourself up because who's going to wash you up? His blood washes and purifies us. So I advise you. I urge you, come to God the way you are and have your sins confessed and he will surely forgive you. But isn't it good to learn that no matter what comes or goes, his love is not going to change? Please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that our good deeds don't matter. They do. In fact, God is pleased when we do right because we are the light of the world. Though these goods are just a result of what has been established already, his love. It is important to note that God's love is a love that initiates. He loved us first. The Bible says that God loved us first. We love God because he loved us first. And that is the precise meaning of God's unconditional love. If God's love was conditional, then we would have to do something to earn or merit his love. We would have to somehow appease him or clean ourselves up before coming to him. But that is not the biblical message. The biblical message, the gospel, is that God, motivated by love, moved unconditionally to save the people that he loved. For God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son to die as a sin offering for all that we have ever done or will ever do wrong. That whoever believes in him 
will not die but have eternal life. That itself needs some explanation, but it's not what I'm talking about today. Friends, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is one of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible. All have sinned and fall short. It's because no one, as long as they are still wearing the human flesh, is immune to sin, even if they pray and touch the sky. Like sheep, we all have gone astray and in need of rescue. But here's the good news. Christ stands at the door and knocks, and should you and I allow him to enter, we'll never remain the same. He can take your broken life and work something beautiful out of it. It's exactly what God has done for me. I'm not trying to tell you something that I've read somewhere. I was very defiant, very abusive, a thief. And yet when I met the Savior, gradually God transformed me into the person I am today. I'm not perfect. No one is. But God requires that we come to him in repentance and have our sins forgiven. A wise man once told me that repentance is not when we cry. It's when we change God can change you like he changed me. God can take your broken life and turn it around. Look at the life of Saul who later became Paul. He persecuted the church. He murdered the followers of Christ. And yet when Jesus met him at the road Damascus, he never remained the same. He became the mighty Paul that we all know. One of the most interesting stories in scripture is that of the prodigal son and his father. This foolish son, when he saw that his father wasn't dying, asked his father for the portion that belonged to him, sold them off, and went to a far country, and there wasted everything he had got in wild living. And this is the very picture of man and God. You and I, in one way or another, have been like this. We've taken what God has given to us, the blessings that God has given to us, and we've squandered it away in world living. We've used the blessings God has given us to destroy ourselves, to destroy his temple, to destroy his kingdom. But the story of the prodigal son doesn't end like this. The prodigal son, after destroying everything that he had taken, comes back to his senses and realizes that he made a terrible mistake. What's more interesting is the father had been waiting for his return for a long time. The father went to him and embraced him. He commanded that a party be made to celebrate the return of his lost son. That's exactly what happens when you and I choose to come back into the loving arms of our father. Because truth is his arms are wide open. He's here to embrace us. He's not this angry God who's ready to nail us down because of the things we have done wrong. No, he doesn't push us away. He embraces us with shouts of joy. And right now, I sense we've got listeners whose hearts the Spirit of God has convicted to receive the free gift of the Father. Like the prodigal son. Would you come back to God in repentance? And I promise you will have your life forgiven and given a new identity. You don't need to be deceived. You don't need to, 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 to have yourself cleaned up before coming to God. Because then what's the role of God? What's the role of the blood of Jesus? It is here to cleanse us. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And his blood was already shed for us on the cross. Listening friend, if you want to love him back, you feel convicted to receive this love, this free gift, the love of God. 
Just say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you both Lord and Savior of my life. Give me a new identity in you and have my name written in the Lamb's book of life. Forgive my sins and cleanse me with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for accepting me. Amen. Friend, the Bible says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Your sins are forgiven. Your old self is gone. It is no longer you who lives, but Christ lives in you. I want to congratulate you. Welcome to the family of God. If you said and meant those words, you are born again. Right now there's a party in heaven over your return, like the prodigal son's father prepared a party for his return. Please reach out to a Christian you may know and share the good news with them. Also, find a good Bible-based church to have your faith nurtured and grounded in God's word. Feel free to reach out to us at israeldotronald7 at outlook.com. That is israel.ronald7 at outlook.com and we'll be able to get back to you with the material for your first step. Until next time, keep walking the talk. Don't forget to subscribe, download or share our podcast links. See you on the next episode of Walk the Talk. Oh man, Israel, I love your podcast. Dude, man. They touch my heart. I really feel like I'm, you know, I'm being connected to Christ, to the Holy Spirit. I mean, they, there's been a lot of change in my life. There's been a shift in my life. When I started listening to your podcast, my heart was down as hopeless, heartbroken. I lost hope, literally. But your first podcast, dude, man, made me open my eyes. My eyes were opened by your first podcast. I was like, yeah, there's something, you know, that's connecting. My lifestyle is connecting with that podcast, so... It makes me get excited to listen to your podcast more and more. And I can't wait for your next podcast as well. God bless you so much. And I hope this pod- these podcasts you're going to put out there are going to bless a lot of people out there like me and more like me. Yeah.